Welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by junior of the Minnesota Duluth hockey team, Naomi Rogi. Welcome to the podcast, Naomi, and how's everything going? Thank you for having me, and everything's going good as of right now. I'm excited to start working out again and get back to hopefully us winning the national championship instead of just losing, so I think we're really hoping to get back there. Definitely, definitely. And how was your break? I know you went to Florida. Just what was it like to get some time off and spend some time away from the game? It was awesome. I was able to go down with my mom and my boyfriend. So it was fun to kind of just get a break from reality. Still had some school to do, but it was nice to just relax for a little bit since we've been going so long. We've been working out since I think it was mid-July we were working out. Some girls were in Duluth and we were just trying to get whatever gym we could that was open during COVID. So to be able to go that long and finally get a week's rest was really worth it. Yeah, how was your off-season last year? Like, what, what was your preparation process like? Because the season was very uncertain at that time period, and also rinks were very limited, and gyms were also closed as well. So how did you, like, go about training for this year? Yeah, so actually our athletic – or sorry, our strength coach had a lot of ideas for us. Um, he would talk about having backpacks full of water bottles, seeing if you could find a sandbag anywhere – um, just random things that you could substitute as weights we try to do. And he came up with so many different things of using towels for ab exercises. Um, and so we actually started off in May. We were doing team competitions. So there was, I think, five or six teams put together. And we were counting calories, counting activity minutes. Um, anything we were doing active, we were doing competitions. Our team is very competitive. So we did that, I think, for two months. Um, and then our UMD facility actually was able to open up for a little bit. So we had a group of girls come back up to Duluth and we were using our gym. Um, we had to do symptoms checks and all of that kind of fun stuff. Um, and then once our team was all back, we started skating and stuff as normal. We planned as if we were starting on the normal date, even though we didn't know because we wanted to be ready whenever. And once it got pushed back, we just continued with the same thing and put the new date up on the board. So that was kind of our mindset going through off season. Yeah, and this season was very different compared to other seasons in the past. How'd you do with all the challenges that your team faced? Um, we pride ourselves on being able to just go through adversity no matter what it was. And I think we've gone through a lot of that in previous seasons and it was just a different situation in a new year. So we were pretty much very open to anything we had to do. We had to cut off our parents. Um, we had to cut off significant others. So we were just so close as a team that we were able to bond a lot more. And I think that's why we succeeded so well is because of how well our team was. Like we just bonded so well and we knew everyone was in for each other. Um, and so I think that was something that we really focused on was just battling through the adversity together. Yeah. And how'd you deal with like some of the challenges of not being with your family and significant others? Like how'd you kind of like balance being far away from them for a certain number of period of time? Um, I think all of them bought in as well to what we were doing. So they knew our goal was to win the national championship and all of them supported us. So they were still up in the stands once they were able to FaceTime calls. Um, I know we did a lot of, for my family, we did Zoom Thanksgiving and Zoom Christmases. And so I think that was something that was helpful is that families knew what we wanted and what our goal was, and they were there every step of the way, which made it super helpful. Now, you didn't play at least the first half of the season without any fans. How did you adjust to that aspect of not having a crowd? Um, we like to focus on what's inside the glass, and so it just made it a lot easier once we focused on that, and we wanted to create our own energy. Um, and so we just really focused on being our own cheerleaders and being our own 
um, rally squad, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. And we just made sure that we were focused on what's inside the rink. Cause if we focused on that, there's no one in the, in the stands, then that's just going to hinder your game. So if we could just stay inside the glass, it really helped us. Yeah, no. And well, how'd you try to bring some of that energy on the bench without the crowd noise off the bench? Because I was watching some of your, your games this year and whenever a player made a block shot or like a nice pass, you guys went insane on the bench. It was fun <laughs> to see it at, uh, through a screen, I guess. How did you try to implement that throughout the game? That's just our team. We love seeing everyone with block shots. Our team goes absolutely nuts because we know how much it means that you're putting your body on the line for the girl next to you. And I think that's something we pride ourselves on. So when any, anything like that happens, we go nuts just instantly. And it's not like we purposely are like, all right, we're going to cheer for block shots. It's just how much everyone cares about each other that we do that. Yeah, and you also had to deal with some schedule changes throughout the regular season. How did you mentally stay prepared for all those changes and postponements to your schedule? And what was the key for maintaining flexibility for this season? Yeah, it was just like I kind of said about the adversity. We just kept that same message throughout the whole thing. And we also were very thankful we were able to get a sports psychologist and we were doing Monday meetings on Zoom with our whole team and coaching staff. And we just learned different mental skills that we could do to better ourselves um, and also better ourselves as hockey players. And I think that really helped with the flexibility because you're able to turn something that may be seen as negative into a positive, like, hey, we have an extra week to prepare for our next team, or we have another week to lift heavy and get stronger. So we just turned it in that way where we were able to look at it as a positive instead of a negative. Yeah, elaborate more on like, what's, what are some of the mental skills you learned from those Zoom sessions that helped you for this year? Yeah, we just learned a lot of actually breathing exercises. We learned a lot of, which I think personally helped me just kind of calming yourself down and remaining level-headed. Um, we also learned about different personality types and how to best get through to your teammates. So we identified ourselves and it's on the DISC level. I don't know if you've ever heard about that no. where you're a D and I an S and a C. So it's just something that we really learned about each other of. So I'm a C, which means you're super computational and you like things in like a uh, what's the best way to put it? Like a structured thing. You like having a yes and a no. And then there's other people who are D's, which means you're dominating. You want to be the best you can be. You want to lead. You want to win everything. So we just kind of learned what each of our teammates were so we could best get through to them. And if, let's say, they needed some support, we were able to know how to best get through to them depending on what characteristics they were. Now, something else that was introduced to college hockey this year was three and three overtime. What was that like for yourself, having more space on the ice and having more chances for offensive opportunities? It was super fun, but it's also super nerve-wracking if you're not the one that has the puck because it's so much more important to cover as much space as you can defensively. Um, but offensively, it's so much fun. You're able to create so many two-on-ones and you're able to hopefully get a breakaway if a change is bad or whatever. It's just room for so much creativity in our I think our team thrives on that as well as we practiced it almost every single week, which creates it so much more fun because you know the possibilities when it comes to a real game since we already saw it in practice. Yeah, something else about those three and three situations is that you have to be very defensively minded because if you make one little defensive mistake, it can cause an odd man rush. Is that something you noticed playing in those three and three overtime situations that you were a part of? Absolutely. I know our coach, our assistant coach, Lou, always harps on making good changes. And if you don't have the puck, you are not changing. That is one thing our team is very strict on because of how easy it is to turn the puck up with some people in our league of how fast they are. They see someone changing and they're off. So we really pride ourselves on having possession of the puck that whole time. So you're able to control the entire three on three because you know how easy it is that 
the puck switches possession, it's pretty much an odd man rush guaranteed. Yeah, when you're not, when you don't have possession of the puck, like how do you mentally stay like focused when you're so physically exhausted? And I think you kind of noticed some of that, at least in the first uh, Frozen Four game, where like it was towards the end of the period, and it seems like both teams are super exhausted. I guess what's the mental side of what you're thinking in that situation? Yeah, you're just honestly thinking. Uh, we always had the saying of like, Ben, don't break. So whatever you do, go back to what you know you're good at. Let's say, I know I'm not the fastest on the team, so I'm going to try to get some space, puck protect, to make a pass on the next person. So it's just focusing on what you're good at and not playing outside of yourself in those moments so that you know when it comes to you, if the puck does, that you're going to make the right place that you're able to get out. So just kind of going back to what you're good at in those moments and not trying to do anything spectacular to make the hero play. Now, how would you evaluate your leadership skills from this past year? And are you more of a vocal or lead by example type of player? Since you're an upperclassman, I think you had to have at least elevate your leadership skills a little bit. Yeah, I think um, I'm a little bit of both, especially since last season I was out because of a knee injury. So I had to be more of a vocal leader because of that. Um, So I had to kind of just talk through different examples and just see what I was seeing on the ice since I'd watch the game from up above. Um, but then I also want to be the hardest working player. That's just someone I am. I don't want to ever have anyone question my work ethic. I think when you're able to do that, you're able to be a leader no matter what your age is. And I think that was something that I pride myself on as well is making sure no one's going to outwork me. And if it's the weight room, if it's a drill, a one-on-one battle, I may not win it. But if, I'm, if someone outworks me, that's something that really hits me hard. Yeah, and talk about the freshmen, and what did you take away from their performance this year? And just talk about the impact they had on your team, especially players like Claire Van Weeren, who really stepped up and was very good for your team offensively. Yeah, I think it was awesome. You know, those five freshmen on our team, they had to come into a really tough situation. Um, They met us all for the first time over computer, um, and so that's a tough situation for any class to come into. And I think they did a great job of it. They handled all the adversity without having much practice for college hockey. They didn't get to have a normal freshman year yet. You saw players still succeeded. Um, Clara is just, she's one that makes me question my work ethic because of how hard she works and how in every situation she wants to be the best. And I think that's something that is huge as a freshman to come in and have that much confidence. It was awesome to see. Um, you know, you I've watched her on the USA stage when she was on the U18 team. And I just knew right then when I was watching her that she's going to make an impact on this team. Um, and even Nina, uh, Job Smith, she was awesome. She's going to Germany right now for national team. She's made such an impact on the decor, you know, a very veteran decor. And she was able to come in and play some big minutes as well. Yeah, no. And how did you try to help their transition into college hockey? Like you were mentioning, it was a much different year compared to other years when freshmen came in. Yeah, we just wanted to make sure they felt as comfortable as possible. We didn't want them to feel like they weren't wanted or anything and wanted to make sure that all the transitions were as easy as possible. So we had team meals, we had, we all hung out together, just trying to make it as much as normal, especially since they weren't able to see their family and that may be something different for most of them. Um, so we were trying to be that family for them and just introduce them. We were there if they had any questions. If they were having a bad day, we were there for them too. So just trying to be their own support system, I think really helped with that transition. Yeah, and what's the plan for next year's freshmen, I guess? Like when are they supposed to come in and meet you guys on the team? Is it going to be in person or is it going to be through Zoom like it was last year? Um, that's a great question. Um, maybe because of how well we did this year, we may do the Zoom and start having meetings earlier than we did in the past, but honestly, our coaches 
just focused on everyone getting back into the weight room once our break is up here. But I would love to know what the when we're going to start meeting the freshmen. Yeah, definitely. And how have you tried to balance both academics and hockey at such a high level, especially being a student athlete where you have to focus on your hockey, your academics, but also try to have a social life outside of school as well? Yeah, I try to get into routine as soon as possible. So whatever a new semester starts, I just try my best to get into routine. And hopefully most of my classes have the same due dates. Um, and so I'm able to just kind of set aside time like today I'm going to do this class and the next day I'll do this class. So that's kind of the best thing I do. And I try to block off time mentally um, to just know how long things are going to take. Um, and it helps that I also for my social life, I live with five of my teammates so I can walk downstairs and hang out with some of my best friends. So that also helps a lot to balance the social life. And it's also nice that our rank time is very blocked off from our school time. So we're able to go there and that's kind of our getaway from all the stress of school and maybe some stress of social life if you have that as well. But when our time's at the rink, it's very balanced between everything. Now you play in the WCHA conference. Uh, talk about the competition you face every night and how does it prepare you for the national tournament that you just experienced? Because it's arguably one of the best conferences in college hockey. Yeah, I would agree. It's the best league in college hockey. There's no doubt that in any given night, no matter what team we're playing, that it's going to be a battle. Um, you saw that against Bemidji, we dropped a game and then we can come out and play a Wisconsin team and win. So it's honestly any given night, any team can win. And that's just because of how talented the league is. We had two Patty Cas final threes in our league. And that I think speaks volume to what our league is. We also had a Patty Cas watching our team. So there's just so much talent in the WCHA that you have to bring your game every weekend. And it's such a physically grueling battle as well because our teams are so strong and so fast that it's such a mixed game. Yeah, and talk about the tournament games that you just played. I guess what was your team's mindset heading into the tournament this year? Because obviously it was going to be a little bit different than past years because you were going to play in the same location. Um, and you're playing obviously a – Ohio State team or not Ohio State you're going to play a Colgate team that you normally never play during the regular season yeah so actually the past I believe two seasons we've actually ended up playing Colgate so it was kind of a new opponent but not at the same time um, but we just wanted to go out there and prove ourselves um, we feel like sometimes we aren't getting the recognition that other teams may and we just wanted to prove everyone wrong and show that we deserve to be where we were um, and that was kind of our mindset is to leave no regrets in what we did and to just enjoy the process, enjoy what we built and to show what all of our hard work has done through since July, honestly. And I think that was our big mindset is just leaving no regrets and making sure we made a statement that we wanted to show the nation. Now, what was your reaction when your team made the tournament? Because I saw the video, it was pretty awesome. And people want to know who was the guy that stepped on the logo? <laughs> That was our strength coach, and to make it all clear, he did pay his fine the next morning. Um, he was very upset once he saw the video because he thought in his mind he missed it. Um, but our reaction, honestly, we were we were a bit shocked. We knew we deserved to be there, um, but the game against Ohio thought really hurt us before. So we had a long long 24 hours I believe it was something close to that no just over 24 hours that we had to wait and just hope for certain teams to win and it ended up falling right in place like we were supposed to but I know that the feeling in our gut of 
that game against Ohio wasn't our best and that we didn't want that to be the end of our season. So I think that's why we were so excited in that video was because we got to prove ourselves again and we got to prove ourselves in a place that we knew we deserved to be. Um, and I think that's where the excitement comes from is we were so not satisfied and the fact that we got to prove again was awesome. Yeah, no, being in one of those bubble teams, uh, what, what's your like mindset watching those tournament games and like, how do you try to like stay calm during that process? Um, I tried to do everything possible but to watch the games. But of course, I found myself right in front of the TV watching them. Um, but honestly, for me, it was just trying to keep my mind off of, oh, if we don't make it, this happens. Or, oh, we, we could definitely make it if this happens. It was just letting fate fall into place. And if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. And it happened. Um, I know Gabby Hughes and I painted a pair of shoes because we were just trying to kill some time. So, we were just trying to do everything possible and make the time go by faster so that that meeting would actually come. Now you started off the tournament playing Colgate. You won that game in overtime, one to nothing. Uh, what did you take away from that game and talk about your team's defensive performance in that game as well, because you shut down some of their top offensive threats. Yeah, we pride ourselves on our D zone. We wanted to be the best defensive team and our coach always preaches good defense leads to good offense. Um, and I think we learned that we could defend some of the best players in the country and if we we're able to do that, we just need to produce a little bit more offense. Um, but something we definitely learned from that Colgate game is to not play scared at all. I think we came out kind of wanting to feel out the game in the first period and just kind of see what the whole NCAA term is about since none of us have been there. And I think that's what our first period, and I think it trickled into our second a little bit, that we just kind of had a slow start, let the feeling out process happen a little bit too long. And I think that's what helped us a lot in the Northeastern game. It may not have gone our way, but we had a great start. We had a great first two periods. We came out strong. We came out fast. And I think that's something that we really learned from that Colgate game is that we didn't want to have that feeling of not putting our best out there again. And so I think we were able to do that when it came to the Northeastern game. Now, what was it like being a player in the tournament this year? And just talk about the atmosphere and setting, because normally in normal tournament years, I guess they have the red carpet set up. The place is usually packed. You hear the pep bands. It kind of wasn't like that this year. So what was it like being a player in that atmosphere when the arena had 25% capacity of fans? It was definitely different, um, but it was what we were used to the whole season, I guess, with only our parents being there and maybe a couple family friends. So it was pretty normal in the sense of attendance wise, but obviously they still had a small red carpet for us to make the experience the same. It was especially different having all the fans back up. It was a high bubble, mm -hmm. um, the bowls, so they're all on the upper, so you couldn't really see them, um, but you could really hear them. I know our fans, we could hear them the whole game and it was awesome to hear that support still. So it was maybe a little bit different, but for us, we didn't know any different. We didn't know the packed ranks of the NCAA tournament. We didn't know the two pep bands going at each other throughout the game. So for us, I think it was just kind of business as normal from the normal regular season. Now your team made the Frozen Four. You played Northeastern. How did you offensively prepare for Northeastern, especially since they have one of the best goalies in the country in Aaron Frankel, and they have a lot of good offensive players. There are defensive players that are really good offensively. Yeah, we just tried to play our game. I think that's one thing that we were very focused on is if we play our best game, we have a very good chance of beating them. And you could see that in the first two periods is that when we played our best, we controlled the game. And one thing we were trying to get at is we could get them on the rush. So 
if we our D held, had good gaps and we had good back checkers that we could turn the puck and go the other way, especially if they had very offensive D that we may be able to catch them in a three-on-one maybe. And I think that's also something we did pretty well is our D were right up in their faces when it came, when they they couldn't even cross the blue line because the, our D had such good gaps. Um, and as for Aaron Frankel, we believe we had one of the best goalies in the country as well. And we had to practice against her every single day. Mm-hmm. And so we just thought it's just another day. We're able to score on one of the best goalies in practice. We can go score on another goalie in a game. Um, and that's something we really thought about too. And we realized that she was small. So we tried to get her to move as much as possible since she's very athletic. We had to try to do our best to try to get her out of her net and try to catch her on the backdoor passes. Yeah, something else I realized about your team's defensive performance was there was a lot of players that had like 18, 19 shots throughout the game. However, they couldn't really score. Is that something you work on is trying to get the players a lot of shot opportunities? However, they really can't score in those shot opportunities and it makes them frustrated and it makes their confidence go down. Yeah, we just try to do our best to kind of get the puck on net. I guess that's one thing that we focus on is we don't know any weird thing can go in. Mm-hmm. And so we just prided ourselves on testing Aaron as much as possible and trying to get as many pucks to net, especially since we know she's good, that maybe a weird angle may catch her off guard. So that's something we obviously looked at. And we know who can score goals in our team, but we also know that there could be some different players. Man and McMahon gets her first goal the whole season in the Frozen Four game. So it doesn't matter really who shoots the puck as long as it goes in the net is something we are excited about. Now, you guys were up 2 nothing in that game, and then unfortunately you gave up two goals in the third period. I guess what was your mindset heading into overtime after that third period you guys had? Um, I was personally, I think our whole team, we were very confident. We knew that they got lucky on that five-on-three. We take a couple unfortunate. penalties and they were able that's a tough way to start the third period and then we kind of get a little bit too offensive I think sorry my internet um we get a little bit too offensive and we give up another goal but we we just kept going the same business as normal that we had to keep pushing we had to keep going and that no matter what the outcome just leave it all out there as much as possible because we wanted to just play and play fearless and don't be afraid to be that person that makes that mistake or you don't have to be the person that's the hero. And I think that's one thing our team focused on is if we play our game, it's going to turn our way. Now you lost that game in overtime. What emotions were you feeling after that loss, especially that goal, because watching as a fan, it kind of hit off Emma's pads and just slowly trickled Mm -hmm. in the net, I guess, as a player, what was your reaction to that? And what emotions were you feeling after that goal? Yeah, I was actually on the ice and I just remember seeing it go up and over and it seemed like it was honestly going in slow motion because you just knew it was going in um but I think as a player all of our everyone played their game of their lives we truly put our best foot out there and I think it's hard to be disappointed when you feel that way um obviously you want to end the season on a win and you want to win the national championship and we are definitely not satisfied with how that game ended but I know a lot of people are proud of us and what we accomplished this year. And I think a lot of people just feel like it happens. Bad bounces happen. And it just sometimes just doesn't go our way with the puck lock. And that's kind of what happened. And, you know, I'm just so incredibly proud that we were able to go through so much adversity this season and get to where we were. But I definitely know that that feeling of not winning that game when we had a 2-0 lead is going to fuel us for next year. And I think teams should be afraid of us because of that. 
Yeah, something else I realized about that game and the other games in the Frozen Four was just the physical play. You guys were really physical throughout the entire overtime. Is that something you guys worked on uh, preparing for that game? Yeah, and I think that's just something that comes from being in the WCHA is that physical play is expected, and we usually we know every game is going to be a grind. And I think that's something that's different with the East Coast teams is they're not as physical as the WCHA. And usually we get caught in pretty bad penalties when we play East Coast teams because of that. Um, But we just thought if we're able to play our game and which is being physical and making them have to work for every inch in the D zone, or if they're leaving their zone, like they're going to feel us and they're going to know that we're right there. And that's something that we deal with in practice too. We aren't easy on each other in practice. We, hit each other just as much as we do in a game. Yeah, no, I, I was very lucky enough that I've really never taken a big check in my life, but I've seen some checks that have been thrown in women's hockey and men's hockey as well. And it's like, oof, I don't know how you get up from that. That's just brutal. But uh, when you look back on this season, what do you overall take away from it? I think I just am so incredibly proud of the group of girls that we had and how much everyone bought into what we were doing. Everyone, the second coach said we can't see our parents, everyone was like, okay, that's what it is. That's what's going to take. Um, and I think that was something that is unusual for teams to just buy in so quickly to everything that our coach was saying because everyone believed in each other and our coaches and what we were producing at that rank and what we were doing in our Zoom meetings and how much time we committed. That's just something that is not normal. And I think that's something that set us so much apart from everyone is how much everyone bought into everything. Um, and something I really take away is just how close knit we got because of how much time we spent. And usually people say, oh, girls, there's so much drama. There's no drama at UMD. There is everyone truly loves each other. We are truly a family. And that I think really showed this year. Yeah. Do you think having that like family aspect of your team helps your team better compared to some other teams potentially that might not have that? Absolutely. Especially like you said earlier, the block shot, how the team goes wild. That is literally what we are all about is being every single person's cheerleader and making sure everyone feels the love on the bench, no matter the situation. And that's something that is truly special is let's say you make a mistake. Someone has your back right next to you. If so, if you make the play of your life, someone's going to be cheering right for you. And that is just something that is so special with this group of girls. Now, I want to transition from college hockey to talk about your days in Eden Prairie. You're from mm-hmm. Eden Prairie, Minnesota. How did you start playing hockey and falling in love with the sport in an area where it seems like hockey is everything? Just looking at the players that went to that high school, it's pretty insane. Yeah, actually, I started skating up at my cabin. So my brother is seven years older than me, and he was skating out on the pond. And I think I was 18 months old, and my mom threw on a pair of skates and goes, pushes me and goes, go. Mm -hmm. and sure I fell straight on my face but I just kept getting up and getting up and I loved it I fell in love with it instantly I remember those days skating out on that lake and I think I was four years old when I joined my first mini mite team I was playing with the boys um that was just kind of the normal back then because there wasn't a lot of girls um and then once I got older I started playing with the girls I started playing with Crystal and Hengler um a player at Minnesota and I just fell in love with the sport. It's just something I always wanted to be like my brother, my big brother who was playing hockey. And I ended up falling in love with it myself. So just watching him play and watching him succeed, I was able to do the same. Now, who was your favorite player growing up? Oh, that's tough. If I don't say my brother, um, probably growing up, Dustin Bufflin. I just loved how he played. And right now, probably my favorite player is Patrick Kane. He's just so 
unbelievably talented and I love watching him do moves that you didn't even know were possible. It's just so fun to watch. Are you a Chicago fan? Huge, huge Chicago fan. I get so much crap being from Minnesota and being a Blackhawk fan, but definitely a Chicago Blackhawk fan. What made you be a fan of that team? I'm just curious, being from Minnesota. (laughs) Um, My brother grew up playing with Nick Letty. And so when Nick Letty first started playing, he was on the Blackhawks and he ended up winning a cup. And I just fell in love with watching them play and yes, watching them win. So you can say I'm a little bit of a bandwagon, but I just have stuck with them ever since, even though Letty is now with the Islanders, but it just, they were so fun to watch. And I think just watching so many talented players made it fun for me. Yeah, that had, that team had a great defensive core. They had uh, obviously Duncan Keith, who's an absolute, mm-hmm. absolute stud. They also had some good goaltending with Antti Niemi in 2010, mm-hmm. and then they had Corey Crawford for their other two Stanley Cup runs. I think a lot of people focus on the offense of that team, but that defense, I think, really Absolutely. helped them win the Cup. Absolutely. It was so fun to watch, and it was cool, too, because Dustin Bufflin worked out at the same gym I did throughout the summer. So I was actually able to see him after they won the Cup, and I was just so starstruck. So I was like, oh, my gosh, you just won a Stanley Cup, and you're in the same gym that I am. So yeah. it's just so cool. How scary is he in real life? Because watching him play, he he can – we were talking about physicality earlier. He can crush some guys, and those are, like, pretty big players in the NHL that he absolutely, like, destroys, not just hitting but fighting as well. He is very nice. He mm-hmm. is, I, he just loves everyone. He is so nice to everyone. He doesn't act like an NHL player. He just acts like another guy in the gym. So that's pretty special. Nice. Now, uh, you played for your high school in Eden Prairie. What was that experience like for you? Because I've been starting to follow a little bit the Minnesota high school hockey scene. I'm not from Minnesota, but a lot of great mm-hmm. players went there. I know, for example, a freshman at Minnesota State, Sydney Langseth, she went to mm-hmm. Eden Prairie, and she's obviously having a lot of success in college hockey. So I guess what was your experience like in Eden Prairie overall? It was awesome. We had great coaches who just wanted to see everyone succeed and push us every day. Um, something that I learned super early being at Eden Prairie is how important strength and conditioning was. We we did strength and conditioning, I believe, three times a week, even if we had a game the next day. So that was something that was drilled into us at an early age. And I think that helped. So when I was a freshman in high school, I was seeing seniors do these huge lifts with a huge amount of weight. And I was seeing them succeed on ice. And that was something that I wanted to do then as well. And that was just something that was the culture that was created. I also think it was super fun being able to play with the friends that you started with. So I played with Crystal and Hangler, Sydney Langseth. I believe I played with for two years because she played as an eighth grader and so it's just super fun to see all those girls succeed. I ended up playing with Kate Ridland as well, who is a Penn State, Lauren Boyle, Charlie Dahlquist, who are both at Ohio State. It's just the culture that he creates is people who want to play at the next level, and that is something that pushes everyone else around them as well. Yeah, Lauren Boyle was a super underrated defenseman at Ohio State. I had her on the podcast, and it was cool hearing her experience about how she uh, took her ex- experience from Eden Prairie all the way to college hockey. So that's a player that I feel like doesn't get enough credit. Agreed. Agreed. She was very shut down defenseman. I just remember going against her in practice. I was this little freshman and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go against this girl. She was just so strong. She handled the puck very well and she was very offensive. And I don't think people gave her enough credit at how well she was offensively as well. Yeah, definitely. And what was the Minnesota high school hockey scene like? Because being from the East Coast, I hate to say it to you, but I just don't get it. It's just very, it's very interesting to me that you can play for your hometown high school hockey team and make it to D1 college hockey. It's kind of uncommon where I'm from. Yeah, it's, I just think it's just so competitive. And I think, like, I 
hated Planey Dinah because they're so good and they produce so many people. And I think it's because so many of the players that were 10, 20 years ahead of me came back to produce what is now the programs. And I think that's something that is very special in Minnesota is a lot of people go back to their hometown to create a program that is winning. And I think that's what a lot of Minnesota is, is everyone going back and giving back to the program that built them. And I just remember Kelly Seeler, who is a big name out of Eden Prairie, played at the Gophers, who came back and helped us all the time. And I think that's something that really resonates with me is that the amount of people that give to make sure everyone else is better. Do you try to give a little bit to the high school hockey scene in Minnesota, even though you're still playing in college? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I send texts to our head coach whenever I see that they have big games coming up, just wishing the girls luck. Sad to say that I'm getting this old that I don't recognize any of the names anymore on the high school team. So I just try to give my best to those girls, even though I don't know them, because I know what those moments feel like. And I remember losing in sections. I remember winning in sections. So it's just making sure I'm giving as much as I can to help them, even if it's just a little text. Is that weird not knowing anyone on the team, especially for yourself, seeing Sydney Langseth being college as a freshman? Yeah, and I also got to play with Grace Kuypers, who mm-hmm. is just ended her career at Eden Prairie, and I just feel so old now knowing that I don't know any of the girls there. Um, and it makes it different watching, too, because especially I love seeing Sid succeed last year. It was awesome to see her get so much recognition because – she may not have gotten as much recognition as I thought she should have when she was a younger player. And so to see her get that much and see her house while she's succeeding at Mankato, it's just awesome to see. Yeah, definitely. And how did Eden Prairie help you specifically prepare for college hockey? Um, They told me how it was playing straight. If I wasn't playing well, they told me. And if I was, they wanted to keep going and wanted me to be even better. And I think that's something that was super helpful is that they were so honest and they wanted you to be the best you could be no matter what the situation was and we got bag skated when games weren't good if games went well we did the same thing the same routine so it was just kind of getting into the same thing of college hockey that if something doesn't go well you're probably going to get skated and if you don't listen stuff's going to go wrong and I think just buying into those little things really helped me. Now talk about your recruiting process and why did you choose to go to Duluth? Yeah, so my recruiting process was a little different because I also played soccer and lacrosse in up through high school. And so I didn't really know what sport I wanted to play in college. Um, so I was kind of figuring that out as first and just kind of feeling out what the other sports options were. Um, and I actually had my first college contact me. It was actually North Dakota when I was a sophomore. Um, so it was just new to me. I didn't even know what college sports were. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my career. So I didn't even know where to look. Um, And it was just kind of a whirlwind after my sophomore year of colleges reaching out to me, asking to come on visits. Um, And I didn't really know what to do. So I talked with my high school coach a lot. I also talked with Winnie Rope Brown um, a lot and just talking through with my parents too as well helped. It also helped that my brother also played college hockey and just kind of talked to him about what the different situations where that came up um and so it was actually the summer going into my junior year is when I first looked at UMD and it just was after everything that kind of went down with Shannon Miller so they got a new coaching staff and my coach goes hey they reached out to me I think it's a great program I think the coaches are going to be great I don't know a lot about them because they came from Harvard 
but I think it's a good fit for you. And so I trusted what my high school coach said since he knew me for so long. And I went up for a visit and I remember walking around school with my mom and, and coach Kroll and I was just in awe. I fell in love immediately. It was, I remember it was fall color. So all the leaves were changing. It was just a beautiful city. And I remember walking down to the rink and just being in awe of how beautiful and how nice the facilities are and how the rink of Amsoil is just perfect. It is a great college hockey rink and you see the banners hanging up. You see the amount of international players on the wall and are walking into our locker room and you just see so many big names that you knew growing up and that's just something I fell in love with. I also loved how it was an all female staff, you know, if with what's coming up in the world, it's awesome to see females in such a high role at such a high program in the nation. And that was something I loved. They wanted to see me grow. They also loved, they put family first. They said, we love family, but that's the first thing then a school, then hockey. So they had the same priorities that I did. And I think that's something that's really special. And what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey? Was it the speed of the game, making quicker decisions with the puck, or was it just the physicality since you're going against players that are five and four years older than you are at the time? Um, Yeah, I think it's definitely a speed. I know I'm usually not the quickest player, so I think that was the biggest adjustment for me was kind of getting up to the speed of the game. And I think what helped me in that sense was my hockey IQ is I, I was able to think the game at that speed, so I was able to adjust and do different things even though I wasn't as fast as the other players. Um, I definitely think physicality was something to adjust to, but I think playing in Minnesota and playing against some of those same girls, since a lot of Minnesotans go and play in the WCHA, it was something that was a little normal to me, especially playing against Lauren Boyle growing up. That, that was kind of the normal thing for me. And the physicality obviously is hard, but it was something that I didn't shy away from. Now, what's it like playing under Coach Kroll and what have you learned under her so far in your college hockey experience? I can't even put all the stuff that I've learned into words. She leads by such a great example. She expects the best from you every single day. And I, I can't even think of all the stuff she's taught me. She's taught me to be yourself in all the moments and to accept everything that happens and just focus on the next thing. She has taught me to be such a woman leader and with the role she plays and how many accomplishments she's made and she's still not satisfied with what she's done is something that strive wants me to strive to do more as well and do more for her. And she just truly loves all of us as well. Like she got brought to tears the other day talking about us. Like that just shows how much she cares about each and every one of us. And that's something that is really special. Now, last year, you were injured all of last season. I guess, what did you do during that time period to help you get back to game shape? Yeah, so I actually was on crutches for about two months after surgery. So I was doing an arm bike. So I was literally sitting on a chair going like this to get my heart rate, heart rate up. Um, I was doing a lot of arm workouts. I was shooting, sitting in a chair. So just trying to do anything um, to still have some type of hockey in me. Um, once I was able to start walking, it was hit the road running. It was starting getting stronger, doing a lot of band work, doing a lot of balance work. Um, I did a lot, I did a lot of one-on-one training with my athletic trainer. Then I'd go down and do more strength stuff. Then I'd come back and do more treatment. Um, and as for game weekends, coaches were awesome. I had an earpiece that was down to our assistant coach brick. And she just told me to watch this, this, and this, in this game, and let me know what you see. 
And so I was able to watch the game from above and radio down and say, hey, Brick, they're pinching really hard on our D centers wide open. And it was special because we were able to make those in-game adjustments instead of having to wait till intermission where maybe they see it on the video. So it was awesome to see that they trusted me that much to put me in a role like that. Um, and that's something that I think I was able to develop my hockey IQ even more because I watched our systems every single day in practice. I watched what they worked on and I saw what worked and what didn't work. And that's something that I really focused on a lot. Now, another question I have, and this is a very random question, but I was just <laughs> thinking about this today. How do you guys prepare for warmups? Like, how do you know what drills to do? Cause it seems like it's seamless for both teams. I'm genuinely curious about that. I was really, I'm not even joking. I was thinking about it. I'm like, I have to ask, like, how do they do that? Do you like yeah, practice we, warmups? Um, we, I'm trying this year. We kind of did because we would do, um, scrimmages every Friday in the preseason against just inner squad scrimmages until we knew we had a game. So we kind of practiced our warmups, but didn't, but in a normal year, we're just like freshmen, this is what you do. Get in the back of the line, you'll figure it out. So it's very just the same thing since my freshman year, I've done the same warmup. So it's just, I don't know how they got decided, but it's just something that we've always done. Yeah, because every, it doesn't matter what it's always I feel like the same thing. So you enter the ice, you skate around and then you mm -hmm. like you do the passing drills like defensemen go near the blue line and then all the forwards are near the face off zone. And then it's like yeah. the drill where you like pass to each other and like shoot the uh, shoot on the goalie. I was just curious. I was I'm not I, like, I'm just thinking about, I was like, how do they do that? I was like, I guess I'll ask Naomi since I'm having her on the podcast today. So yeah, thank you for letting honestly, me know. Yeah, it was just a normal thing. It's just something that we've always done. And yeah, that's funny. I've never realized that you never practice warm-ups. No, but. like even in the NHL, like you like the you it seems so seamless. I'm like, I've always mm -hmm. wondered how they did it. And I thought of it today. So I was like, no what? I'll definitely ask that question. So thank you for letting me know and thank you for ev letting everyone else know. It's just something random that I wanted to ask you. Now Absolutely. I want to ask you also about some of the teammates you get to play with. Uh the first one is a former teammate. Uh she was your captain for a few years, Sydney Brott. Uh, talk about what it was like being her teammate and just the leadership she brought to your team because we had her on the podcast. I think she might be one of the nicest people ever. Easily the nicest mm -hmm. person ever and one of the best leaders I have ever been able to play with. Um, I was fortunate enough to have her as my line mate for pretty much my whole time here. Or sorry, when our times overlapped, I was able to be her line mate for so long. And I learned so much about how to hold yourself and how to represent UMD hockey in such a way that goes through the whole community. She was honestly the best all around person. And so many people look at her as this amazing hockey player, but no way does she compare as the person she is outside. She is just such a nice person and just awesome to be around and she's definitely someone I have kept in touch with since she's left here and she always checks in she's always watching our games she's always wanting to know whatever she can do better she'll we talk about games all the time she'll say I'll ask her I'll be like hey Sid what did you see this game like what can I do better and she's the first one to respond because she just that's how much she cares about what she built here yeah, no, we had her on the podcast, like I mentioned, and you know, unfortunately, we had some technical issues, and she was willing to come back on and do the re-recording, and I just, I, that's something, it was just super cool, just how good of a person she is, like, mm -hmm. obviously, she's a great hockey player, and everyone knows that, but just the person she is off the ice, I think, makes her even a better person and player, in my opinion. Absolutely, you don't be one of the youngest captains in program history without being who she was. That just says, I think, enough about her is she was a sophomore captain in a very old team. And that 
just shows her leadership skills and how much she wanted to be the best. She was the first and the last person to leave the rink, like first one there, last one to leave. Like she just wanted to be the best she could be every single day. And she led by example by that. Yeah, I know. And another player I want to talk to you about is a player that I feel like doesn't get enough recognition is Brooklyn Shugel. She was another senior from last year. Talk about what she was like as a teammate, especially since she went through something similar that you went through last year. Yeah, I think you picked my two best friends from the whole time I've been here. They are honestly the best, but Brooke definitely was very underrated. I think she is very good. She can score like none other. She has, I think, the most points at New Ulm High School that has ever been put up in their program and she is just so awesome and I remember when my knee injury happened she was one of the first people to call me she didn't text me she called me to ask how I was doing and what she could do for me and she was there every step of the way she made gifts for me when I she knew certain things were coming up when my one month appointment was coming up she was there for me when I was able to take my first steps again she was there watching when I was able to step on the ice she was the biggest supporter and that's something that is so special as well as she was able to go through such a tough time with her knee injury and she didn't have someone that I did like in her. She had to do it all alone and showing that she didn't want anyone to go through that same thing alone. That was awesome. She is incredible. Her family is incredible. I'm such good friends with all of them because of what person she is. You also got to play with an Olympic gold medalist, Maddie Rooney. Uh, I guess like what was, what did she mean to your team throughout your years there and talk about how good of a goalie she is? she doesn't need anyone else to talk about how good of a goalie she is because her performance speaks for herself. I don't know if you just saw the USA oh, hockey the kick video. Save. That was stacked <laughs> pads. And I don't think people realize she did that stuff in practice to us. And it's just so mean. I just can't get over it. She would take out so much on us and just ruin our confidence in practice. Cause she would do amazing things like that. Um, but she was such an awesome player as well. She's so nice. She, you would never know she was an Olympian. If you were in our rink, in our locker room, you would not be able to pick out who Maddie Rooney was because of how she prepared and how she didn't like any of the fame. She hated mm -hmm. it, honestly. We, I remember her USA pads came into our rink and they're sitting in our stall and we're giving her so much crap. And she's like, who put these in here? Like, I don't need these in here because she did not want to flaunt what she accomplished already. And that's something that's special and speaks about a lot about her as a person and having her in practice, I, re I remember when it was like one of our first practices and I scored a goal and I was like, I can score an Olympian. And she, that, that day on, we had this biggest battle as if I scored on her, I gave her crap, but every st time she stopped me, she just gave me the crap right back. So that was a fun game that we were able to play with each other. Now I have to ask you about the other goalie in your team, Emma Soderberg. I think a lot of people were very curious to see how she was going to play this year, especially following the footsteps of Maddie Rooney. And she really, I think she really elevated the game and she was one of the best goalies to watch this year in college hockey. What makes her so special as a goaltender and trying to face her every day in practice? Because Sydney Brott was telling me how she was always chirping every player, no matter what, especially being the backup. Yeah, she is something else. She is so good. She comes into every day, mellow headed, the same, no matter what the situation is. She could have won the monthly award for WCHA and you would have never known. That's something I think Maddie showed to all of us is that you can be very humble with no matter what happens. And that's something that Sods is very good at as well. She comes to every single day prepared, ready to go. She knows the drills that we're doing since we get our practice plan. And she tells people to make sure that we know it as well. She just wants everyone to be their best. And 
I, she gets so mad. We play small area games. If she gets scored on, she's not letting the next shot in at all. She is just so locked down in that. And she has such a great mental game. And I think that helps her in games as well as if she gets scored on next, next shot is hers. And that's something that she focuses on is she has this little saying that she says in her head over and over again to keep her locked in. And that's, that's special that she wants to be that good, that she just keeps herself ready to go all the time. Now the final teammate I want to ask you about is Gabby Hughes. Uh, which you were talking about how you guys were painting shoes during the, I guess the WCHA uh, tournament. I guess what she like as a teammate, both on and off the ice as well, because she's an incredible player and she was at that USA camp you were just referencing. Yeah, she is awesome. She actually is also my roommate, so we hang out a lot. She is one of my best friends on the team. I miss her so much, but I'm so happy she's at USA camp. Um, but she's just awesome. Like you see her sports center plays and she's just like, oh, that's just another day. She she just so has this drive in her that she wants to win and she wants to be the best and she will not stop until she is. And that's so cool to see. Like, I don't even know how to put it into words. Like she does that stuff in practice all the time. She'll dangle through everyone and score and all of us are just like, what the heck just happened? Like, how is that not on video? Like whatever. She just is so good and so hardworking and that's just so cool to see her succeed and be able to get all this recognition as well because she definitely deserves it. Now we're in the segment I like to call the non-hockey segment of the podcast. We're asking some non-hockey questions. Uh, Since we're on the subject of teammates, who's the funniest teammate at Duluth? (laughs) Maggie Flaherty is definitely the funniest player on our team. (laughs) Who has the best style on the team besides yourself? Oh, best style. Manon McMahon definitely has the best style on our team. Who is the quietest teammate? Because it seems like you were talking about how there's like uh, everyone's, there's a lot of characters on your team. I guess I'm curious who's the quiet one. Ah, that is tough. Um, who is the quietest? Monique Anderson, I think is the quietest, but once she's in our team setting, she's not quiet. But <laughs> I think... Uh, on a normal basis, Monique Anninson. Now, what music do you like to listen to on a general basis? Definitely country music. I'm a huge country music person. I love Luke Combs, and that is definitely my go-to. Is that like a Minnesota thing? Because I feel like here on the East Coast, we're more of, I guess, hip-hop and EDM. Um, I'd probably say it's a little bit of a Minnesotan thing. Um, but I also do like my mix of stuff, but definitely country is my go-to. Nice, nice. If you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Oh, who would it be and why? I'll give you my answer if you like help. Yeah, I want to hear. So there's a few people, I guess, for hockey wise, probably Austin Matthews, because I need to learn how to dress better. And that guy knows how to dress. And he would also teach me some good hockey moves, which is cool as well. I guess another hockey player would be Jack Eichel, because he went, he was from, he went to, um, he played college hockey and he's probably the best college hockey player I've ever seen. So it'd be cool to get his perspective on, I guess, his college hockey days. And I guess like celebrity, probably like Pete Davidson. I think he's hysterical. Yeah. I think my hockey player would either be Hillary Knight. I just think she's paved the way for so many people and she's so talented. It'd be super fun to just sit down and talk with her. Um, I think another hockey player that'd be fun to just talk to is Jonathan Taze. Cause I think, he is a 200 foot player and I'd love to just know what he focuses on because he succeeds in all zones. Um, and probably my non-hockey I'm trying to think 
I think Will Ferrell is hilarious and it'd be mm-hmm. fun to talk with him. I think would be a good one. There won't be a lot of eating in that because you'll just be laughing too much. Literally, <laughs> yes. Now, what is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, my biggest pet peeve. I'm trying to think. I'm like not really an irritable person. So maybe I think leaving dirty dishes in a sink is really annoying, especially living with six people total in this house. It's very easy to have that happen. I think that's my pet peeve. I'm definitely guilty of doing that. So I apologize. (laughs) But I think um, my biggest pet peeve is bad drivers uh, because it can be really annoying when someone is driving so slow. Um, (laughs) No, it's all good. I just... People who people I don't see, I guess. Like you are the only exception to this bit peppy, I guess. But um, no, it's just annoying when people are like going slow sometimes, and you need oh, to get there, and it just yeah. it bothers me, and I can Agreed. get pretty pretty upset about that. Now back to some hockey questions. Now, uh, what do you think should be done to help grow women's hockey, in your opinion? I think the best thing that we can do to grow women's hockey is just get it out there more, and I think you see more and more in that each day. I think that's super special. And I think if you look at women's sports as a whole, it was something I just saw on Twitter. It was that on the BTN network, there was a lacrosse game going on and it said woman up, which is something really cool because usually it says man up. And I think that's something that's already changing the world is that people are using the right language when it comes to women's sports. Um, So I think just getting more of us out there and on platforms that everyone can see. Now, um, what advice would you give someone who is trying to make a Division One college hockey scholarship? Um, reach out to people and do your best to do that and tell people what you are looking for. And if you truly want to go to that program, tell them why. Say you want a winning program and you like to see what they do. Or if you see them that they're a hardworking team and you want to be a part of that, say that in an email. Um, and I think also when you go to any tournament, no matter – what it is, if you think someone is watching, put your best performance out there because you don't know who talks to people. You don't know what network people has to talk about players. And so do your best to play your best in all situations that people are watching. And even when people aren't watching, put in the extra work, do the extra rep, shoot those extra pucks and stick handle and do all that stuff because all that little time adds up to that much more that you're doing to get better. Frozen four prediction. (laughs) UMD all the way, three-peat. <laughs> yeah, that's good. it's a rematch of the championship from mm-hmm. two years ago, so it should be a great game at 9 p.m., so I have to stay yes. up late for that, but you know, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, thank you so much, Naomi, for coming on. Oh, I forgot to ask you, do you have any shout-outs you'd like to give uh, to any of your teammates, family members, or friends? Ooh. I try to ask about some of the teammates you got to play with. Yeah, I definitely give a shout out to Trudy House, which is the house I live in. So Man and McMahon, Maggie Flaherty, Cassandra Bettinall, Mackenzie Hewitt, and Gabby Hughes. The best girls ever. Definitely those girls. Well, like I said before, thank you so much, Naomi, for coming on. I really appreciate it. You may not know this, but you're one of my favorite Duluth Bulldogs <laughs> on the team. So I really appreciate you taking time every day and talking with me. Uh, stay safe and good luck this off season. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. I really appreciate it, and it means a lot to me. Make sure you follow our social media accounts, and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care, everyone, and have a great day. Bye.
is love.